I'm Simon Marion, and welcome to the Mind Matters podcast series. Uh, this is episode three, and I've got a fascinating and very, very thought-provoking conversation with Mark Monaghan. Mark is a former submariner in the Royal Navy. He has a family history of uh, service in the Royal Navy and the Merchant Navy, um, father, son, etc. Uh, Mark talks very candidly about his transition from military to civilian life, certain health issues beforehand, and alludes to the fact that some of the mental health issues may have started before leaving, although he wasn't aware of it. Um, so I think there are many people, those still serving, veterans who can relate to it, and those still serving who, who uh, haven't yet left will find it very thought-provoking on his experience and the lessons he's learnt and the, the measures he's taken and will give you uh, some fantastic advice and guidance. So without any further ado, here's Mark. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I massively appreciate you, d uh, you know, being willing to ta take part in the podcast and to share your story, uh, which I think, uh, I have no doubt there will be many, many people out there who can relate to it in all sorts of ways. So why don't you give me a, give us a bit of a background of, about yourself and and then and then just go talk about your experience okay then Simon uh, well for those people that don't know me my name's Mark um, I come from a, a naval background uh, I was brought up um, my father was ex Royal Navy um, he joined when he was very young spent 10 years away um, uh, before he was even married, before I was born, um, came back. I've got an elder brother who was Merchant Navy. Um, my my son, incidentally, has gone into the Merchant Navy. Uh, okay. so of, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, seafaring background which we're quite proud of, and uh, so I did 22 years in submarines for my sins. Um, okay which is very special to me. Um, and like most things in life, we don't appreciate it when it's happening. Yeah, you know, no, for sure, yeah. We're just living life and we're just getting on with the job and sometimes there's ups and downs. Um, sometimes it's a very difficult job. And yeah. a, a lot of the problem became separation issues as well when I was in in the Navy and been away because I'd, um, I'd met my wife who I've been with for 20 years. Okay. Uh, I met her way back in 1998. And so I kind of wanted to juggle being in the Navy and having a relationship as well. Yeah. Uh, and also I've got children to my previous marriage so I've got two children who are grown up in the 30s now. And, yes, I, I wanted to see them. So a lot of separation issues there. So a lot of uh, the time was spent um, wishing I was at home when really I should have been enjoying doing what I did more. And the reason I mention that is because when, when I left the Navy, I think I started to realise what, had gone by you know that's life going by yeah and you know there's lots of things that i could have done 
and didn't. Uh, but there we go. Um, nonetheless, it was a it was a full career. Uh, didn't get the promotion I wanted, so had quite a few bits of bitter issues about that. And yeah. I was I was in a bit of general poor health in the last couple of years of service, um, down to a couple of physical problems, and um, I think a little bit of uh, mental health problem was already there, which okay. which my wife in particular has since um, mentioned that she thinks, yes, it it was there when I was in the navy. She thought it was, she thought it was there. Yeah. Um, so I left the navy in 2013, and. Um, decided I wanted to retrain, do something totally different. So I went to college and studied horticulture for a year and got my national certificates, which enabled me to get a job straight away. Um, loved the studies at college, really interesting, something totally different. Um, totally forgot about the Navy straight away. Uh, I was going to say, that's, that's, that's polar opposite to, to yeah. the Mariner, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, and I think, um, I think I've always had that love of the outdoors. And I've always, uh, another thing I was brought up with in my younger life was, you know, um, luckily being brought up uh, with parents who were into the gardening a little bit. So I always had a nice back garden. Yeah. So, so I think I appreciated um, plants and always loved getting taken to the parks and seeing trees. So it's it's in there. It's instilled in me somewhere. Um, so I did the horticulture and then took a, like I said, I, I found a job really easily. And it was a job with responsibility. I was a team leader um, and I was in charge of um, sometimes four, it depended who turned up on the day, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we, we, we were working uh, very much at, I was working for a social enterprise, so we were employing people with um, lesser skills from deprived areas. Yeah. Uh, so that that's the reason I say, you know, sometimes these people weren't always committed and um, some of them had learning difficulties, um, some okay. of them medical issues. And we were using the, the horticulture, the gardening maintenance side of things to try and, uh, as a, a catalyst for them to latch on to, to help them, give them some interest. Okay. Did seem to work really well a lot of the time. Um, and some of the time it didn't work as well, but, you know, we still had a laugh. Um, that was part of it. It was just... It wasn't so much about the quality of work, which was difficult for me because I'd studied and I've always been very fastidious about the way I do my work and sometimes I expect a lot of the people that I'm working with or supervising, I expect them to have my standards, which can't always be the case. That's a, that's a very much a military mentality though, isn't it? If you've got a job to do, do it to the very best. It is, and also you, if you in a position of leadership, um, you expect that your team are going to work wholly 100% for you and give you everything. And in the military, they generally will because 
there'll be some kind of sanction if they don't. Whereas in, <laughs> in, in, in civilian life, it's a little bit different. And that's why I mentioned the types of people that I worked with. And I had to start changing my own philosophy. Um, yep. And not lowering my standards, but just having a lot more give and take. Um, and eventually I did actually find it all too much. Um, and I started to realise after two years in the job that I wasn't looking forward to going to work anymore. So I was waking up in the morning and the first, instead of thinking, great, let's get out there and cut some grass and prune some trees and whatever we're going to do today, where we're yeah. going to be working, uh, I was starting to think, do you know what? It's getting a bit of a, I don't really want to go and, Eventually, it, it just caved in on me and I had to stop work. Um, work was the first thing that told me something was wrong. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't actually um, deal with the people I was working with. Okay. And I had to put my hands up to my boss and say, and tell him that. And fortunately, I got a lot of support off a, off a very good boss who suffered himself um, and totally understood where I was and although we hadn't seen it coming um, because I'd bottled it up obviously and kept it inside for about six months and just carried on and yeah. told everybody that told myself that yeah th this is just how you feel that the honeymoon period's over um, <laughs> it's just work now it's uh, yeah, okay, you don't love the job like you did, but you've just got to go and do it. It's still a good job. You know, just think of all the places that you could be working. You know, yes. Uh, but that didn't work, and eventually uh, something just gave way, uh, like I say. And um, so I ended up seeing the doctor and having a, having what could be described as a, as a, an emotional breakdown um, or a mental breakdown. The doctor told me I was um, severely depressed and uh, needed some help, basically. Um, yeah. So we so we ended up at rock bottom there. So, but funnily enough, when it was rock bottom, I can remember the day in the doctor's surgery very, very vividly. Um, you know the tears the outflow of emotion, um, just not understanding quite what was going on, thinking, am I, am I a nutcase? Am I, <laughs> am I a fruit loop? What's, you know, am I going to end up in a, in an institution? You know, those kinds of thoughts going through your head. You're thinking, yeah, is, sure. this it? Is, is this it now? Am I, am I going to be labeled as, you know, mentally ill for the rest of my life am I going to end up somewhere where they have to administer me drugs and you know watch me daily and um, from there that was rock bottom yeah that was rock bottom fortunately my wife was with me and she was really good and she took the reins uh, she didn't have a choice yeah um, but she did it willingly, uh, luckily. And she just started, you know, that's when she told me, she said, I think this has been 
with you for a long time. It's not really a surprise that this has happened. Um, so the first thing there is having somebody that can be your crutch, is having somebody that will willingly take on the job of being your supporter, your primary supporter. How was, how was that for you? I mean, in if I can just kind of step back a second, just um, these, all these things spinning through my head. Having, knowing what it's like, uh, being military background myself, I completely understand having to uh, change your mindset and your kind of personal philosophy towards work and what your standards are compared to other people's and when people don't meet those ex your expectations. That's, that's massively frustrating. Mm. So I can see that building up. The military uh, kind of is ingrained in you. You don't, you don't show emotion. Other than you know, you know, you're either happy or pissed off with someone. <laughs> exactly, and it, it it transpired from being a really nice, calm. You know, people used to say that you know, um, pe I could see, and people used to tell me that other people had said, "Oh, they say they enjoy working with you." You know, my boss told me that, and that's good to hear. Yeah, you know, pe people enjoy working with you because you are. Um, they like the way that you treat them. Um, you, they see you as one of them. You treat them as equals. They see you as equal. Um, they like to work for you because um, that's how you are. You're easy going with them. Yeah. Uh, and that and that changed. Yeah, that became the uh, like you say that the, the military thing kicked in, whereby one minute when you felt out of control, then you just start um, kind of shouting at them and, or just becoming really, really strict and saying, right, no, stop, listen. Yeah. Uh, and the people I was working with, I knew at the time that this wasn't going to work, this attitude. Um, it was the old flexible um, understanding that they needed Um and I think in some ways that was one of the reasons that I perhaps decided I couldn't do that job anymore because I was reverting back to uh, military. Yeah. And it, 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 yeah, it wasn't workable. No, because I, I did have a totally different leadership style in the Navy, and that's what the Navy had taught me. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, being a submariner, it's, it's, again, it's, it's a very different world. Yeah. I mean, did, did, as a slight aside, in your time as a submariner, I'm sure you you um, either worked with or certainly knew of the Pink Pig. I did, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I fortunately didn't work with, with, but I do know of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Quite a character. <clears throat> Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, blast in the past. Oh, we'll we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And so I mean, having this, having kind of an enforced kind of personal philosophy to work thrown at you, because you you kind of you you were cornered, really. I suppose you had to you had to change and adapt and that's which is which is fine but it's if it's totally against the grain 
it's hard to swallow. I totally understand that. And and then when you kind of you get your boss recognizes that something's wrong before you do. <laughs> yeah. And then seeing the doctor and being told you're depressed. Because we, I know we don't, we don't admit to that in the military. You know, you can't possibly depressed. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, no, it's a big. Uh, that would have been a big stigma to, to deal with in, in the navy. That that would have. Yeah. I, I honestly, uh, I don't know about yourself, Simon. Now that you've mentioned it, I honestly don't remember anybody going to the sick bay, and coming back and saying I've been stood down for being depressed. No, I don't think I don't think the doctors in the military. I don't know, but I'm guessing that they possibly stepped around that kind of diagnosis and yeah, told people something else to get them some stand down time. Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't I don't recall anyone in my time in in, in the Marines being told they were depressed. So there's definitely a, there's definitely a, a big problem in the armed forces. Yeah, admitting and accepting that, like we said before, at some point in your life, everybody will suffer some form of uh, mental harm or illness or struggle. Yeah. Um, Very definitely. But this is for some reason, people like in the Royal Marines and people in the army and some of those in the navy that that see things that they shouldn't see. Um, yeah. Does that not does that not say something really, really strange that it's acceptable that we can, we can see the things that will give you mental problems, but we're not allowed to have the mental problem? No. No, which is, which is why it's taken so long for this bloody mental health helpline. Yeah. For the MOD. I mean, if it wasn't for Lord Dan and the, and the, and the Daily Mail... Mm -hmm. it would never have come about yeah and it's yeah. I mean that's precisely why I set up the one that we have um on the and I, I, I spoke to Lord Dana about it and he and he's he said yeah, despite this is happening he said he said absolutely go ahead and do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know right with you all the way so because inherently the system's flawed within the military because nobody trusts the system to open That's up right. and talk. So they're not going to talk, especially non-commissioned rank, is not going to talk openly to a, uh, a commissioned officer who's a psychologist, psychiatrist, or the MO, or whatever. It's not. It's just not going to happen, is it? No, that trust is a, a big issue. Um, yeah, it's trust and um, suspicion from the... If you're a junior, right? Yeah, you're very, you're very wary. You're like, you know, yes, there's going to be some... There's going to be, there's going to be a repercussion from this, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, a black mark somewhere. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. in the palm of your hand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it 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 could be something that would stop your promotion or anything. Yeah, it could be a black mark. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, how how did you? How long did it really? Did you kind of feel it took you to to, to make sense of having of being told that you were severely depressed? And that you know you kind of had a breakdown. Was that did that did that take a while to for the for that to sink in? Um, yes, I mean initially, 
I, I did feel a, a, a big relief. There was a big weight lifted off my shoulder that day when um, I suppose I kind of suspected it. I'd had a lot of problems. Okay. I'd had, there'd been a lot of other issues underlying. Yeah. Um, that I, which I think possibly were adjustment to civilian life issues, dealing with other people. Okay. I've had some uh, really severe uh, neighbourhood problems with neighbours. And it's the way that I spoke to them and expected them to speak to me. Um, You know, I'm I'm, I'm a junior eight through and through. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I did kind of think that I don't know something in my head was telling me that I deserved a little bit of respect for what I'd done for my country basically and I expected people to to not treat me as crap as they do treat you when you get into Sydney Street <laughs> <laughs> okay you're just nothing are you you're just another bloke on the street aren't you and you're just another you're just another target for anything and it and if you I, I suppose a lot of it is you know poor handling of the situation myself but if you open yourself up as a target you, you become a target and and things escalate yeah things escalated so yes uh, uh, some of my problems and my breakdown um were being were very close issues to me on a day-to-day basis yeah I think the pressure build-up, uh, it was always going to happen. Um, but when it did happen, um, my wife and myself made some very quick decisions, like moving house, believe it or not. Okay. And that was one of the, that was one of the things that we had to do. We decided we had to do. I did not want to do that because I did not want to admit defeat. I didn't want to have to move house. I didn't think that that would be... um, To me at the time, that was a ridiculous situation to be in. Uh, Whereas now looking back, I'm like, if if somebody else was dealing with those issues, I'd say just swallow your pride and move house. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't matter whose fault it is. You see these programmes on TV. Yeah. uh, Bad Neighbours. There's, only, there's two sides to every story, and I admit that there's two sides in my story. I I was half of the problem, mm-hmm. and my neighbours were the other half. Um, and there's no point proportioning blame. We were both to blame. Um, I could have dug my heels in, but where would I have been now? I, I, I could have been, I could have been in jail, because my anger was getting the better of me. My stubbornness. Um, so no we made fast decisions and we basically got out of the situation which was the best thing we did it was the best thing yeah. the best thing happened but the day going back to the day of admitting that I had a, a problem in my head and a problem in my life uh, that needed fixing and needed help to fix it um, was quite a relief and it took it took a good few weeks to get used to the feeling of being off work, you know, officially off work on the sick, 
Um, yeah. You've got all that to deal with as well. You've got to actually go and see your doctor. You've got to get your sick notes. You've got to go. You've got to go and see your boss, which is something you know. And it's a it, it's a big ordeal. Like I say, my boss, and he was so my boss was really really understanding. But that might not have been the case, and I feel sorry for people who have bosses that aren't understanding how I found it an ordeal to go and see my boss sometimes. Just that, again, we come back to stigma. You know, it yeah. didn't nice going to my place of work knowing that I'm going in to get a sick note handed in and hopefully tell my boss uh, who was... Obviously understanding, but quite keen to eventually... Well, he gave me space to begin with, but after a few weeks, he would start asking, you know, do you think there's a time scale on this? Sorry, somebody's just rang my front doorbell. Right. I think I'm going to have to answer it. I think it's a joiner, Simon. Can we just... Can we just... Um, I'll, I'll not pause, but can we pause? Absolutely, of course we can. Yes, very unusual, and and obviously my wife didn't let me out of her sight for you know weeks. If she yes. had to go out with her, couldn't drive, so she'd have to drive me everywhere. She'd have to do all my talking for me, <laughs> <laughs> which she found most unusual. You know, yeah, yeah. The gobby matlow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very. Very self-assured, very, yeah, very controlled. All of a sudden, just somebody that wasn't willing to talk and, yeah, not willing to be there really, didn't really want to, was quite happy to have somebody else speak up for them and just uh, kind of um, retreat into your own mind a little bit, yeah, into your shell. Do you think that was just a part of you kind of, of trying to gain some equilibrium again, really, I suppose, to to withdraw in and, and just kind of let things settle while you had that? Yeah, I suppose it gives you, being signed off work gives you that space to, to do that, doesn't it? I don't know. It, it, um, I don't think I did it um, consciously. I think it was a totally unconscious... Yeah. Um, action uh possibly the medication had a lot to do with it it was just calming you and just you know the balance going the other way a little bit so um initially um the the medication would make you feel calm but quite withdrawn yeah um beyond quite a a, a, re- a sizable dosage at all or Initially, I was yeah. It's, it, it goes up and down. I'm still on the medication, but very low dose now. Just uh, more or less as a as a background, just to keep it going while I'm, um, you know, we, we, we're we're still in the big scheme of things. We're still early early doors kind of thing. It's um, like I say, it's it's a lifelong progression now. It's it, it's a lifestyle of how we deal with it now. It's how we how we accept it and. And if medication helps, then medication helps. Uh, my, my wife's very keen for me to stay on medication. <laughs> 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 and I think that's because she's seen 
she's seen me try and come off the medication and and it didn't work it was a it was a bit of a mess so uh, straight back on it uh, so she thinks that <laughs> I come off the medication again it'll just be the same again uh, yeah car crash she says yeah yeah I mean it's got to be done in a, in a, in a, in a really nice steady controlled manner and that's why I'm still on it in a very low dose um, and and if that continues well then fair enough it, it's not I don't believe it's doing me any harm um, it's just it's producing the chemical that's not being produced naturally so if it's doing that that's fair enough um, yeah well absolutely you've got to do what, what what's what's right for you and it's that's different for everybody so some people are on painkillers for the rest of their life some people some people have to take medication for epilepsy for their whole life some people have to take yep. um uh, drugs for battling cancer for the rest of the life if I just have to take one little tablet every morning for the rest of my life it's uh, it's no big hardship no it's not it's not the end of the world is it at all and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it does have a big placebo effect as well because uh, yeah. it's part of your daily routine and once you've done it uh, you forget about it and you get on with your day now the days that you forget if you ever forget they're the days that you start to go oh panic I'm not on my tablet oh oh and you and you probably start to feel things that you really got no no need to feel uh, and I do think there's a I'm, I'm quite a believer in placebo um, that they do have a place and they can work massively yes yeah very much so being, I mean, talking about feeling, with obviously being military, being a Matlow, Her Majesty's Royal Navy, how alien was it for you to kind of accept that these these kind of emotions and feelings were kind of rushing around your head and your body? And did you allow yourself to experience them or did you try and... As you, as we as we do in the military to block them out and kind of sweep them under the carpet. Did you actually allow them to flow, or did you did you keep hold of them? I think luckily I allowed them to flow around and accept them. Yeah, I think generally, looking back, I think I allowed it. Like I said, I, I allowed to, the support to happen. I allowed myself to be have that feeling of being cradled, of being supported. Um, and it really did feel like physical cradling. It felt like um, re re physical support. Boy. It's all right, see? Turn your coat on. Talk Daddy's fleece. Daddy's fleece. Daddy's. Turn your coat on. Turn your coat on. That's a good boy. Cradle him in that. Keep him quiet. Things you have to do with dogs. Yes. <laughs> I'm into dog psychology. <laughs> well, it's 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 just like kids. You get you get to know them inside and out, and what what makes them tick, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I I think luckily, generally, um, I think I I accepted the feeling of support. I don't remember myself actually thinking, 
this isn't right because this isn't what would be done in the Navy. Um, okay. I don't think at the time I had the capacity to to compare my old life. I didn't realise it was the Navy or leaving the Navy that was the problem at the time. So I just went, this has just happened. I don't, I didn't, I, I was on the thought of, I didn't know what was happening and I just let things flow. Um, whereas further down the line, you know, maybe from 12 months ago, that's when I start accept, I started accepting that, yes, this was, this was uh, a lot to do with adjusting from military life. Like I say, going through all the anger issues. Yeah. With, dealing with people in civilian life. Um, that's what it was. That that wouldn't have happened in the Navy because, well, we'd have just spoken differently and we'd have had a different understanding. And and we've all lived in cabins with neighbours next door and sometimes they wound us up by playing the music at two in the morning. Yeah. Sometimes we've done it to others ourselves. Yes. Um, it's just a case of going around banging on the door, having a couple of words and then... That's it then, isn't it? And yep. then the next morning you're like, all right, buddy, cheers for that party last night. And it's just a bit of a laugh, isn't it? But yeah. uh, in civilian life, um, I think my expectations of civilians were were different. Um, not that I could speak to them directly like that, but may, maybe in a way. It, 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 was just, it was just totally different. Can't, can't really explain it, Simon. It was just... Just totally different, but yeah, eventually I, I did accept that um, it, it was the adjustment from military to civilian life that was a large issue in my yeah. in my uh, feelings and in my problems. Yeah, I, the amount of people I've spoken to, and I, I mean, having experienced it myself and seeing how other people have had similar experiences in in leaving and, and that, that that transition piece is still to this day is not managed very effectively by the military no i've actually um i've actually had thoughts even as as recently as this week i've been quite um a little bit angry to be honest not overtly but uh thinking about looking for work because I'm seeking work at the moment. Okay. Um, and just thinking about what I'm trying to achieve by uh, keeping veterans and military people close and how far away I am now, how far I feel having been out of the Navy for less than five years, uh, but I feel so detached from it. Although I am officially in the Naval Reserve, that's just a letter that comes every 12 months. Yeah. There's no... Okay, I, I could do more myself. I could become involved, but not directly, uh, unless I went up and joined FTRS again. Uh, but I don't think you should have to go that far to have an actual physical... Um, yeah, I, I've, I've recently felt quite disappointed... Um, and frustrated that that the Navy had 22 years of my life uh, and they were good to me, don't get me wrong, but now 
that's it. They're they're only interested in the people that they've still got direct responsibility for. Yeah, yeah. You are once once you're out the door. That's that's it. They give me a good pension. Yeah, my pension's fantastic. But um, what would mean so much more would be. I don't know any anything that would anything that's tangible that would say, um, you know, we we we're your ex-employers and we still we're still here for you. Uh, it, it, if that would be like you say in a in a proper military support group and a proper military, um, and I know there are, but the thing is, it's people like Safa and British Legion. That have to, and then individual groups that have to pick up the pick up the reins here and 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 offer the help and the and the lifelines and the signposting to people like me and you. Um, whereas it would be really nice if it was, even if it was a tri service thing, because I'm all for tri service. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it was a tri service thing, to say, do you know what? You were one of us, uh, um, and you still are, because they tell you that they're like once once a submariner, always a submariner, and that's a brotherhood thing. It's the same with the royal, once a yeah. royal, always a royal. Yeah, very um, definitely. But how often does anybody from the royal phone you up? But not, I don't mean as in ex um, comrades and veterans and pals. Has, has anybody ever phoned us up from our from from where we were representing who we work for and saying, "Are you still alive?" Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And and the, th- the thing is, there. I've found out since I left, and and I found out long after I was going to be eligible to take advantage of any of this. Is there are. There's still money available through the Legion and through various other um, avenues that, and, and through the through the MOD for you know to get funding to for education to retrain and there's stuff that's available for quite a long time after you've left. Yeah, and I knew nothing about that. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I was lucky. I, I was um, like I say, I was I wasn't in great health for the last couple of years of service, and I was. I was based inboard in Faz Lane, um, and I took it up on myself to become a champion of the resettlement news. And yeah. I, I made my own poster boards, my own uh, notice boards, and covered them in uh, career transition partnership newsletters. Um, put up where all the where all the CTP places were throughout the UK. Yeah. Uh, all the contact numbers, all their email addresses, uh, and I became, uh, and that was something I enjoyed doing because that's, and that's where it started, and that's carried on since leaving the navy. I, I still feel the responsibility to, to offer support and help to others, but I feel that I've not had that help and support very well. Like you yeah. say, I was lucky. I, I understood the CTP thing, and I live very close to Rosyth. Uh, and I took pretty much full advantage of of the workshops and the groups and the everything that was going on down there, and managed to get a couple of qualifications. You know, some of the uh, 
some of the courses done with them and yeah uh, things like that but it was also um uh a phone call to Safa um which kind of went along with the time that I went to see the doctor um yes. with my wife um a phone call to Safa was a big help and I got a lot of a lot of understanding off them but also actual uh, real support in that they referred me to Poppy Scotland because I live in Scotland. Yeah. And uh, the next thing was, um, it probably wasn't the best course to go on at the time where I was, but it did get me back in touch with uh, veterans and ex-forces uh, of Marines, Navy, Army, Air Force. Uh, was the um, the employability course at Poppy Scotland Drum. Okay. And they usually do that in Stirling in Scotland. So so I attended that, which was great. And quite quite strangely, it reverts, it worked in a reverse order from them. I then got referred, um well, I got directed to talk to um Step Together. Okay. Um, and uh Sophie from Step Together got me involved with um charity work which was good which was something yep. i believed in and and another and another signpost that happened was getting in touch with a, an organization called venture trust yeah which is a, a scottish based charity um headquarters in edinburgh i think the builders here sharon oh, <laughs> it's all happening today <laughs> <laughs> i've got a joiner here today as well i think we've got the boiler service going on and the joiner uh, uh, so yes, um, when I got in touch with uh, Venture Trust, um, actually I got in touch with them through um, through the um, through the justice system um, because because of my problems I'd had previously. Somebody's walking in and out, so watch the gate, Sharon. Make sure the gate's shut. There's nobody. All right, I did see somebody. Um, so because of the problems I had before, Simon, I'm sorry this is coming out in a bit of a protracted and... That's all right. Uh, ...mangled manner. <laughs> um, the, the problems I'd had with my neighbours actually led to um, uh, potential prosecution on not just my side, but the other side as well. Um, okay. uh, I I fortunately got a diversion through the Criminal Justice Service. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to say that Criminal Justice Service Scotland were really helpful and the 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 key worker that they put you in contact with was was a great help. Uh and and it was them that directed me mainly to Venture Trust. Okay. Take on um different groups of people, both people who've been stuck in the justice system or they also do a, a purpose course for veterans uh, where they take veterans who are struggling with adjusting to civilian life, basically. And we ended up back together with a group of veterans doing a, a five-day wilderness course in the Highlands. Okay. Which was fantastic, and it just... Um, that just led from there. That that put me back in contact with the outdoors. Uh, and I know it's a strange thing for a submariner to say, but 
I felt I had a lot of connection with the outdoors and yeah. it really it really worked and and after doing that course I was going out on my own doing some wild camping and walking hill walking and and I found it great a great place to be able to pack a backpack and take your tent out for two two or three nights and and totally get away from it yep uh, and just separate yourself uh, and that really works. Unfortunately, I've not been able to do it for the last few months because I've had a shoulder problem. But we're dealing with that, and it'll, it'll come back. So it's not, it, it, it's nothing long term. It's um, it's something that I'll get over, and I'll I'll be able to get back out there. And, and that's that was a big help. Funnily enough, although I've said, and again, contradictions again, Simon, I've said it's important to accept help, but do whatever it do whatever you need to uh, and listen to yourself. Um, I've heard people tell me, and, and I'm a big advocate of this now, is that you've got to be kind to yourself. You've got, to, you've got to stop blaming yourself for things that have happened in the past. You've got to stop giving yourself a hard time. You've got to, you've got to like yourself again. You've got to learn to find out who you are. And it's a brilliant place to go is is get away from it and go out to the hills. You don't have to go far when you live in Scotland. No, uh, absolutely not. And there's some amazing places to go and just chill out and be in nature. Yeah. Have yeah. no no technology, no communication other than with the person or people you're with. Yeah. No interactions. Just bliss. And I like and I like to do that on my own as well. It says it's a good place to go and just separate yourself from from everything, and it just let it just gives you that space and time to to be yourself. And after a couple of days, I find that I'm actually I get that signal in my mind, and it just goes, "You're ready to go home now." Yeah, it, it's like a little bit of homesickness creeps in. You like. You know what? I've had enough of sleeping out in a tent. It's quite cold out here. Um, let's yes. go uh, and get some get some human interaction again. Go go back to your family. But it, but it's good. You, you've got to have that. You've got to do the detachment to come back. And and I tie that in a little bit with the fact that how we got on in a relationship in the navy for so long was was a lot of detachment. Uh, but at the end of that detachment was always repatriation and yes and the coming home and uh, and 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 having that. So you you always had that in your mind. You're always you you're there for a reason and you and you detach but you detach for a reason and, and you will go home again. That's the that that was the good thing. So there seems to be a good balance there, uh, and a lot of the time when we leave that behind us, um, the balance becomes too much attachment and not enough uh, space away to think. Yeah, because although the irony is, we, you get the detachment from home life, but you've got such a huge support network around you when you're away working. Yeah, yeah. you know, and everybody else is in the same position, so everybody wants. Everybody else wants their space and their time for themselves as well. So nobody interrupt. People don't 
it's an unwritten, it's an unsaid rule, isn't it? You just don't. That's right. Yeah, there's certain places you can and be, be in your own space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And always go for the top bunk. Uh, I always like the bottom one myself, to be honest. Oh, yeah. not not on a messed up with bloody bootnecks, dirty horrible buggers. He's <laughs> <laughs> easy to roll into and get out of. Yeah. <laughs> nobody knows you're there when you're tucked away in the bottom rack people it's nice and dark down there <laughs> and there's always some dirty horrible git would swamp his pit I know yeah that's just a bunk space though isn't it that's it oh yeah. god I don't miss that either <laughs> it's raining indoors <laughs> a condensation Bill, yeah lovely oh so yeah. what would you what would you in I'm gonna break this into two two areas if that's okay. What in terms of transitioning from military to civvy life, what would be your top tips? Um don't fight against it. Okay, don't fight it, yeah. Oh yeah, em- embrace that things will be different. So you've got to accept that sooner rather than later. Okay. Sounds easy, and we all make the same mistakes. <laughs> yes. Um, but there we are. That 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 is one um, structure because we've had structure in the in the armed forces. We we live with structure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, structure is something we miss. So maybe if you if you are able to structure your life and become self-structured, remember uh, you you're, you become the officer now. This is your chance to become the to become the top brass, isn't it? This is your chance to be the boss. Um, yeah, personal leadership. Yeah, so you've got to sometimes not say. Right, there's no structure anymore because I'm not in the military. Uh, some, you know, structure's a good thing to hang on to. I think massively, yeah. Because without, otherwise, there's no, there's no focus, there's no purpose. No, in in, in the right way, uh, and I don't mean. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't keep it like it can't be like it like it was in the Marines, or you can't have that. Um, unless <laughs> unless you run your house like some. Ex Matlows that I know where they have rounds in the house and and people have to call them by the rate and things like that. <laughs> set scram times and set meals per day. So yeah. Got to have baby's heads on a Monday. Yeah. Got to have stew on a Tuesday, fish on a Friday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if if that if that works for you, particularly if you live on your own, if that if that structure works, maybe it would work. But it yeah. it, it, it doesn't work in a family life because you, you your partner's not been in the military. Well, they might have been, but uh, most of us have partners that weren't in the military. So definitely doesn't go down too well. No, <laughs> no. no uh, I'm just imagine trying to give my kids rounds in the morning. Yeah, but but structure is something I've written. Um, uh, the next thing is hobbies, and we've talked about 
my hobby of getting outdoors when when I was, uh, you know, when I'm more physically able to again is yes is realizing that that hobby that you can go into your own mind space. Um, it might just be you might have a man shed. You might be able to go into a do a hobby in your shed. Um, it might just be reading. Set yourself time, and that it ties in with structure. But set yourself time to do these to do these things. Don't don't feel that you you have to not do them because you owe too much to other people to do what they need to do. You've got it's important that you've got to have time for yourself. Everybody has I'm talking yeah. about us veterans. It's something that everybody has to do. What we as veterans don't realise then is is we forget that we need to make that time for ourselves. Yeah. Because sometimes it was always there. The structure was there. So you had your on-watch time, you had your duty time, and then you had your stand-down time. So you, you knew when you were stood down. You knew when you could relax. Whereas yeah. now, again, you're, you're the boss. You have to decide when when it's time to take a break. Uh, yeah, it, and it, it, is, it is having that time is it's crucial. Like you said, no matter who you are, what you're doing, what you've done, it's just we all need it. Having interest, so having the interest in the hobbies is it, it makes you it makes you have that time off because you'll be thinking about oh, getting myself organised for going on the walk, um, getting all my camping gear together, get make sure everything's there. Uh, it gives you another another structure. It's a hobby at the same time, but your hobby may not be that. Your hobby, like I say, your hobby may be, I don't know, flying uh, these uh, unmanned aircraft things, what they call them. Oh, drones. A drone. Yeah. That might be a hobby. I know people who've done that. Quite a lot of ex-military people do that for some reason. Funny that. Drone, drone flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again... That's it. I can see it. It 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 becomes an interest. It becomes a hobby, and it can lead to, it can lead to work. It can lead to a job. It can lead to something that you do with the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, oh, without a shadow of a doubt, you never know what's going to happen unless you get out and do stuff. Yeah, and 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 if you can, and if you can do that with family as well, that's a bonus, I suppose. If if you pick a hobby that you can do with your family, maybe that works, but. Um, no hobbies hobbies up there uh, and then the only other thing I can think of really Simon is we've been here already obviously is help is when you need it um, yeah don't don't forget that help is out there all the time um, it's not always easy to get hold of uh, but sometimes your family can be the first port of call if you're yeah. lucky enough to have family if you're not lucky enough to have family, um, there are helplines, uh, and we mentioned before about set, you know about setting up real helplines that really work. Um, I was trying to work on behalf of somebody a few weeks ago, and I went through all these. Like I said, I, I advocate SAFA, but yeah. I phoned them to see if they were there 24 hours. They weren't. Um, I phoned a couple more helplines for veterans who weren't 24 hours and I ended up um, 
it being the Samaritans that I phoned and they are 24 hours and, and saying to them, look, I've got a person who may be phoning you because he's in a, he's in a, a really bad place right now. And I'm trying to find out somewhere that I know will answer the phone. If I give him the number, I don't want him phoning them and finding out that our office hours are 0800 to 1900. Uh, because that wasn't going to work for him. He, yeah. he, need, he needed he needed help there and then. This was yeah. at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. He couldn't wait. Um, so that is, you know, and, and, and that's an issue that's that I'm there trying to battle the same as you are. But help is, uh, don't turn away help. That's my, that's my advice. Never turn help away. Definitely. Yeah. It may not be the right help, but any help's better than no help at the time. Well, yeah, it's it's you know even if it's if it's something if it's enough that gets you engaged and changes your thought process. Yeah, you can figure out afterwards which is the best help to take. Yeah, when you're in the position to do that, uh, when you're in that big dark hole, uh, and and any lines a lifeline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, t- t- take the help yeah um i i've i've enrolled on a mindfulness course which is help help is helping um it's not for everybody uh and i can i i can see where it perhaps would be um x forces would try and read too much into it and really struggle with this um uh just opening yourself up it, but i'm that kind of um, person that I've decided I, I, I think um, a little bit of it's almost like spiritualism uh, meditation yeah absolutely uh, being in touch with yourself uh, and some of the tools you learn if, if you do try them they can be very effective uh, you know a simple one I learned when I was away on my wilderness course was just giving yourself five or ten minutes every day just to just to relax on your own and yeah. do nothing else and just relax uh, and put yourself in a good space uh, and having this and 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 making that space a safe space to go to when you needed it um but the the mindfulness goes further than that and it and it enables you to go into uh into a safe space sometimes wherever you are you could be walking you could be on a train yeah, uh, they, they do actually say you can do. You can be mindful while you're driving. Um, I'm not sure how that one works, but the, the the reason is that mindfulness and the mindfulness meditation isn't switching off; it's switching on. Um, it's 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 learning to um, be in contact with with what's happening at this very moment. Uh, so understanding your your own physical feelings at this very moment, yeah. So your whole body feelings uh, and concentration as well. So it 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 requires you to be wide awake. Although you might see people sitting with their eyes shut meditating, they're actually probably in a state of a lot higher alert than at any other time. If that's Absolutely. what. Absolutely. Uh, and 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 I find that a very I find it very interesting to begin with, uh, uh, 
So again, it, it, it comes down to the a little bit of hobby side and and a new interest in looking into this mindfulness and possibly meditation as well. Yeah. But it all ties up with being nice to yourself as well and, and giving yourself that time to giving yourself the time and space. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It's all right, I'm just going to let it ring out. And stop. It's a Royal Marine on the other end. Is it? Uh, it's a Royal, a Royal Veteran, yeah. Yep, so he'll, be, he'll, he'll, he'll wait till it rings out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he is an old. <laughs> <laughs> I can't shut him up. Yeah, I've shut him up, sorry. Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how finding me. Oh, dear. Everyone needs their own pet royal. Yeah. Well, we're going to have our uses some, somewhere, somehow. You have. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean... I'm going to split this up into your, your key tips for transitioning from civvy to military, uh, military to civvy and your key mental health tips. And you, you flowed into the second half seamlessly without mentioning it. And there's, there's actually an awful lot of crossover. Yeah. I think I've, I think I've done them both together. Now you mention it. Yeah. Without but thinking. Is, yeah. You know, you need, when there's, um, with you, there's the going from, military to civvy life or mental health tips, I think don't fight it, embrace it. Yeah. And just and accept it. Yeah. What it is. Works yeah. both sides. Mm-hmm. Definitely having structure. When you've got mental health issues, you absolutely need structure. You probably do it at that time more than any other time, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, take control. Don't be proactive. Don't be... As, don't be to lie back and just wait for it, everybody to help you. Yeah. Absolutely, go out and when you need the help, take control. Go and get the help. Look for yeah. it. Have a plan for it. Yeah. 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 Find because then you'll find what works for you instead of kind of blaming the system for not giving you what you need. Well, that 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 also comes down to simply ha- having having the right numbers in your telephone and your mobile as well. Yeah. Uh, there's people out there that are willing to help us 24 um, seven. And I've met people through veterans groups um, who were there as trained professionals who said, you've got my number. If you need it, use it. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's quite a big step to put it in your phone, but it's, it's quite good when you do it to know that you've got it there. It takes a big weight off your mind. But e- even if that's the number for the Samaritans as well, yeah, uh, if, if things are, if you're feeling that way. You should happens. always have it. You should always have it because you never know when you might need it. Absolutely. I mean, I know with the line I've got that I've set up, I have on occasion been chatting till two, half two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, it, it, you know, and, and you just don't know what would have happened if you weren't. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, the people, are, I mean, it, I, and it, it you know, it does it. Being a veteran, and then speaking to other veterans who've phoned my help, my helpline, treatment line, and it's 
to hear people in that state is horrendous. Hate it. Darren, we're okay. We're all good. That's the boiler all good. Sorry, Simon. I am, That's co- right. I am, I am paying attention. <laughs> That's one tick today. <laughs> boiler done. Boiler done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, and the mindfulness piece, really like that. It's, you know, it's, it's overlooked. It's not necessarily the be all and end all, but, it's, no, it, no. but it helps you as you beautifully described there. It's not a short fix. It's, it, it's a life skill. Absolutely, yeah. In terms of being too stuck in the past or too, worrying, too much worrying about the future, mm. just focus on what's good right now. And what can you what can you do right now to change the way you think, the way you feel? Yeah, uh, and 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 it, a lot of it is um, actually teaching the skills that you've obviously heard me talk about. Is um, they teach you um, don't don't um, you know be a bit easier on yourself. Don't don't, don't put pressure on yourself. Um, don't actually, don't try to label these feelings. Just let them be there. Yeah. Don't deal with them at the time. It's not the time to deal with them now. Accept them. Don't shut them out. Accept them, but then reconcentrate on on what you're doing in your meditation. And so, so you know those feelings are there, and they might be bad feelings. So what? They're there. Bring them in. Bring them in with you. Let them be there. And then give them the place and just let them be there and just let them hang there. It sounds really strange because a lot of us think there should be a solution and there should be we should be able to get rid of these feelings for good somehow. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't quite work as easy as that. And the sooner we learn to understand that philosophy, I think the better we can be. And that's where mindfulness has helped me, um, is just accepting that there's some bad things there, but there's also good things. You, you sometimes get distracted by good things. So the thing you do is you give the good thoughts the same the same treatment as you give the bad thoughts. You leave them there. You say, no, this isn't the time for it. I'm I'm busy meditating, if you want to put that word on it. I'm concentrating on how my body's feeling right now. Um, those thoughts will have to wait till another time. They're there. They're always going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not been sick, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, can, I can, can confirm I am sober. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Love it. It's not the first time I've seen a royal do that, just all of a sudden, head down. Head down. A casual spew. Casual spew, right, let's carry on. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, and the other big one, yeah, is is let's not forget who we are. Let's not forget that that we are from this special, special brotherhood of, of, of military personnel. Yes. Um, and I'm very lucky that um, my service career took me to some exciting places and and 
and and gave me some nice, wonderful times. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because I was in a tin can under the sea, <laughs> didn't didn't see some of the things that a lot of other people have seen, and and I'm and I'm grateful for that. And I'm also very touched and feel strongly that that I need to help other people that have seen that and that other people are, are struggling. Well, I have I absolutely... One of, and I know you're one of them, I can see that. I have absolutely no doubt that what we've talked about today is is 100% going to resonate, resonate with a lot of people. Um, I've had me touchy bum moments, but... Well, well yeah... <laughs> I'm not bloody surprised. But that, you know, fortunately, that's been that. That's you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it it's a different, it, it's a different theatre to to the land one. Yeah, it is. But yeah, not, but at the end of the day, you're you're hugely at risk. Yeah, as, as you drop below the surface, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, even like. You know, there's all sorts out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got a lot of naval friends who uh, who were dealing with PTSD from the Falklands. Um, yeah. So obviously, yeah, you know the the things that we're seeing there are horrendous. Um, people that are dealing with that still. So yeah, I, I, I'm lucky in that respect that I've not seen that direct source of destruction. Yeah. Um, but I know it's happened. Um, yeah, and, and I know I've been in, you know, and I know I've been a part of operations. Say no more. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but we shouldn't. But but we can still be proud of what we what we are and who we were. Um, we we don't have to. We don't have to apologise for anybody for signing on that dotted line all them years ago. Absolutely not. Um, we need to be proud. We need to remember. Need to remember when we did our basic training and all the stuff that, you know, all you know, all the funny times as well. Not well, funny, but all the proud times, all the all the things that make you proud. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, this is it. We we all want one thing. We don't want to lose any more veterans. Hundred percent. It's bad enough losing them when they cross the bar, when they fall off, when they fall off naturally. You know, it's it, it, it's quite sad. Then uh, I, I don't I don't want any more to go. No, any... not no. You know, dying of old age or illness or yeah. whatever is is one thing. Yeah. But when it comes to taking their own life, that's that should yeah. be happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them understood that. That they might, they might die in service, and that's really bad. But no, the the, the biggest thing is, yeah, we, we 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 can't we can't let people keep taking their own lives because of what they've seen. No, they they need help, they need big help. Well, I'm hoping that this particular one will get out to as many people as possible in the veteran community. So, I mean, once I once I've got this set up I'll send you the link and you can share it out with your brilliant 
yeah. your social media and as yeah. many people as possible because I have no doubt that there's there's so many every veteran and those who are about to to leave can can take heart from everything you've talked about here. There's you know you've got some fantastic pointers and tips and your experience and thank you for sharing that. That's fine, and I'm people. glad to do that. Yeah, it makes a huge difference for a lot of people. The the um, just incidentally, the the guy I spoke about um, trying to help a few weeks ago, um, I I, ha- I asked I'd served with him for twenty two years. Um, he he was three years behind me, um, and I said, uh, "How long have you been out of the navy now?" Because I couldn't remember at the time. He said, uh, three years." And and that was exactly when I went over the edge, as it yeah. were. Uh, and I thought, how strange! It's kind of the same, the same time scale. And how interesting would it be to to have some form of study to find out what the time scale is? Where is 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 a is there a time scale in leaving after so many years? You know, if you do say more than fifteen years in service. Uh, does it take sort of two to three years before you suddenly flip? Is it totally down to the individual or? Yeah. It, that would it, be interesting to find out. It, it, it's just one other, one other study that could be done possibly may, maybe, maybe hasn't got a lot of significance, but it's certainly the coincidence of it didn't escape me when he said three years. Cause I went, oh, I was three years as well. Uh, isn't that strange? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be that would be um, that would be very interesting to find out. Yeah. But it, obviously, it's down to individual circumstances. Of course. Yeah. That will have a, that's going to play a huge part. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, thank you again, Mark. I will be eternally grateful for you uh, for sharing today. And um, yeah, I'll I'll I will keep you posted as to when this is available, and you can uh, do your bit and share this one out. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Simon. Oh, that's, you know, it's been lovely talking to you. It's it's been it's been therapy again. <laughs> which is yep. yeah. It's all good. And that's one of the reasons I agreed to it. Um and like like you know now, I'm I'm dedicated to spreading the word and spreading as as many help agencies um through social media myself. Um you'll see from my Facebook pages that I that I dedicate a, a fair bit of time to talking about veteran help. Yes. So, yeah. No, it's yeah. good. The, the link will definitely go on there and we'll, we'll publicise it as much as we can. Top man. Thank you very much. No bother, mate. Right, mate. No. You take care. And hope to speak to you again soon, Simon. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Have a good day. Go and get another brew, mate. <laughs> Cheers, bud. All right.